0: Hello, I'm Brian Swanson, the story is called Starvation, from the book collection Machine of Death. For more information, please visit machineofdeath.net. Starvation, by M. Bernardo Dalton was looking down at his hands. They were dirty and maybe a little bloody, too. One of his thumbnails was split wide open. I guess I always just figured that, what the hell, you know? They were in the jungle now, and things were quiet, relatively speaking. They were just sitting there like nothing happened. Just two guys sitting in the jungle, waiting for the shock to wear off. I mean, it was going to happen either way, right? Johnny sat still, hugging his legs in his arms. He was younger and smaller than Dalton, just out of basic. The sunburnt skin was still peeling off his bare shoulders. In a few more weeks, he'd be tanned just as deep as everybody else. Steel man, he said. The army? Dalton laughed, his lips curling up around his big teeth. Yeah, I know, he said. Goddamn stupid kid, huh? Signed up the day after I found out. It's like that where I come from, though. I figured it was there on the streets or here in the jungle. And I sure as hell didn't want to catch it back there. Not without seeing something first. Not without doing something. His lips stopped smiling now. The smile had never really reached his eyes anyway. Never seemed fair. Johnny rubbed his arms with his hands. There was no reason why he should have been cold, but suddenly he wanted his jacket but it was back there, with the others in the clearing. Johnny just hugged himself tighter and shook his head to clear some gnats out of his face. You ever think any time that, only every day, kid? Dalton stood up, stretching his arms over the assault rifle slung across his back. He had held onto his jacket, his gun, his pack, his helmet. Johnny hadn't thought to take anything with him. He'd just run, but Dalton had somehow managed to keep all his kit. Every sinking day, every time those guns started going off, I thought I was done for. But I never knew which way it would come from, so I just kept running. Just kept going the way they told me to. Johnny watched Dalton pace under the trees. He was a big man, well-muscled. Johnny felt like a little kid next to him. Even in fighting for him, Johnny still looked scrawny. He had tried everything to bulk up, but he never could. Even back there on the chopper, said Dalton, I thought that was it for sure. He turned suddenly, looming over Johnny like a scarecrow. Homicide don't mean anything except you get killed by somebody else. You don't have to be on purpose. It can be like that crash back there, just as long as it's the pilot's fault. You didn't die, said Johnny. Dalton grinned. I know it, he said. He squinted down at Johnny a minute. You ready now? Johnny straggled behind Dalton as they came out of the jungle into the clearing. Streaks of fuel burned in the grass, the flames pale and languid in the bright midday sun. But they were still hot and smoky as hell. The smashed chopper was only about twenty yards away. A crumpled aluminum can surrounded by four smoldering lumps of black. The rest of the men. Dalton brought the nose of his rifle up and put his finger on the trigger. They hadn't seen any enemy fire when they had gone down, but it was hard to be sure. And even if the bad guys hadn't been around before, there was nothing like a crippled chopper to bring them out of cover. Keep your eyes open, said Dalton. Johnny just grunted and drew his knife. It was the only weapon he had anymore. The two men picked their way carefully through the tall grass. A few yards away from the helicopter, an injured snake lay writhing in the grass. Dalton kicked it out of the way with his boot. Then he motioned up to the chopper. Check if the radio's still working, he said. I can cover you. Johnny moved past Dalton and pushed a clump of reeds out of the way. Suddenly he drew back, his mouth working involuntarily open and shut. There, on the grass in front of him, lay a severed head still encased in its dented helmet. The eyes and mouth were open. It was Sanchez. Or maybe Dallas. Johnny couldn't tell for sure. He couldn't look away either. He just felt terror welling up inside him. His lungs tightened and his stomach balled up like somebody had sucker punched him. He thought he heard somebody screaming and he didn't know if it was coming out of his mouth or if it was just in his brain. Suddenly a strong hand gripped Johnny's shoulder. He could hear Dalton's voice in his ear. Don't look at it, kid, said the voice. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. Just keep going. Just keep doing what you gotta do. Somehow Johnny felt his feet moving. He inched his way closer to the cockpit, but it was still on fire. It was too hot, he couldn't get any closer. The radio was toast for sure. Dalton, standing a couple yards behind him, could see it too. Forget it, kid, he called. Come on back. There's nothing left here. It's all gone. That night, Dalton went back to the clearing to get some embers to build a fire. They only had reeds and rotted wood to burn, but they had plenty of time to try to get them burning. There wasn't anything else to do, anyway. Johnny watched Dalton, blowing gently on the thin licks of flame. He tossed a handful of grass into it, and the fire flared up, scattering ashy sparks into the air. Otherwise, it wouldn't do better than sputter. That'll have to do for now, said Dalton. He leaned back on a big fallen log next to Johnny and clapped his knee with his big hand you're one hell of a hiker for such a scrawny guy. Johnny nodded, staring at the fire. One of the logs was starting to smolder a little, the bark curling up as it glowed red. Dalton had forced to march after they had discovered the radio and the rest of the supplies were gone. That's how they found out that they'd crashed on an island. It had a little bit of jungle in the clearing where the helicopter had crashed, and a few miles of beach. On three sides they could see land close by, but as far as they knew they were just more islands. Even if those blue outlines were the mainland, they wouldn't have known which one or where they were liable to come ashore. It could be right in the middle of an enemy camp. Well, said Dalton, here's what we got. He had emptied out his pack. There were rations enough to feed one of them six days, or both of them three days. It didn't take a genius to do that math. Either way, it wasn't long. I ain't hungry, said Johnny. Don't matter, said Dalton, pushing one of the MREs at Johnny. You gotta eat something. I'm not going to carry you around tomorrow if you're too weak. Johnny laughed. Yeah, and where are we supposed to go? Gotta find water, said Dalton. Unless you saw a spring somewhere today. Johnny leaned back on the log and shook his head. No, he said. I didn't. Dalton held out the MRE again and Johnny took it this time. He opened it, looking for stars through the canopy the whole time. What are you doing out here anyway, said Dalton. He took a swig from his canteen and wiped his mouth with his sleeve. You don't seem like the type. You seem like a smarter guy than this. Yeah, said Johnny. Well, I'm not. He picked at his food for a minute in silence. I couldn't get into school. What, high school? Johnny looked over at Dalton for the first time. He thought he was maybe making fun of him. But it didn't look like it. College, he said. Oh, said Dalton. Yeah, well, I didn't want to flip burgers, so I thought I'd join up and maybe get into school that way. Or at least learn how to do something. He wiped his forehead with the back of his hand and rubbed his wrist into his eye socket. The mosquitoes were biting now, or whatever they were. I didn't think I'd actually end up here. Nobody does, said Dalton. They were quiet for a few minutes. Johnny nibbled a little on the food, and Dalton rearranged the fire as best he could. I can't get Sanchez out of my head back there, he finally said. Still in his helmet like that. I mean, how the hell does that even happen? He lifted some of the logs and tried to get a bit of bark burning. A puff of smoke hit him in the eyes and he sat back blinking. "'That's not even the worst part,' he said. "'Imagine going through your whole life with that on your ticket. I mean, goddamn.'" Dalton rubbed the last of the smoke out of his eyes, smearing a line of ash down his cheek in the process. He was still looking at the fire. "'I've been meaning to ask you,' he said slowly. "'What's on your ticket, kid?' Johnny didn't answer right away. He couldn't answer. As soon as Dalton had mentioned Sanchez, his bowels had gone all week and his stomach had flopped and risen, forcing all the air out of his lungs. By the time Dalton turned around again, Johnny was already vomiting his dinner back into his hand. Dalton jumped up to his side and Johnny felt his big hands press against his head. Oh, hey, kid, said Dalton. I'm sorry about that. I should have never said that stuff about Sanchez. I keep forgetting this is your first time out here. Johnny didn't feel any better in the morning light. Heavy beads of sweat clung to his forehead and his skin felt like it was stretched tight across the bones of his face. Dalton had given him the canteen in the night, but he had drunk it dry. He still hadn't eaten anything. You okay, kid? Asked Dalton, feeling Johnny's arms and legs for fractures. You sure you didn't get hurt in the crash? Does anything hurt? You could have been in shock most yesterday and never even known it. Johnny shook his head. No, he croaked. Just shook up, that's all. I'll be fine in the afternoon. Even as he spoke, he knew it wasn't true. He felt terrible, like he was floating on the surface of a fast-moving stream. He was only wearing his undershirt and his pants. But even so, he felt like he was being slowly smothered to death, like snakes were coiling themselves around his body and biting his bowels. I think I drank all the water, he said. Sorry. Dalton shook his head and picked up the empty canteen. Don't worry about it, kid. I'll find some more. Dalton stood over Johnny a second longer. He seemed to be thinking hard about something. Then he put the rifle on the ground next to Johnny. Here, be careful with this, he said, but I'll probably be gone all morning. If something happens and you need me, let off around. He stood up again. And for God's sake, kid, don't shoot me when I come back. By afternoon, Johnny was a little better. He heard Dalton crunching through the undergrowth, and he reached out to push the rifle away. He hadn't even been touching it before, but it was better to be safe than sorry. A minute later, Dalton knelt down next to him, holding the canteen to his lips. The water tasted gritty, but it was cool and wet enough. "'Did you find a spring?' asked Johnny. Dalton shook his head, squatting on his heels nearby. He picked up his rifle and slung it over his shoulder again. I ended up collecting the water from leaves. He motioned to the canopy as he took a drink himself do and stuff, I guess. Sounds like that would take a while. Dalton laughed. It does. He wiped his forehead. I just hope I didn't sweat away more than I got. He flashed his big-toothed smile again. He had a rough face, swarthy and twisted, but he looked boyish and almost handsome when he grinned that way. You eat anything? Still not hungry. Dalton nodded, rocking back on his heels. Look, Johnny, he said. We have to have a serious talk. Johnny looked over at him, waiting. How do you die?" Johnny shook his head. What does it matter to you? You know mine, said Dalton. Homicide, murder, whatever you want to call it. I got a gun and we each got a knife. I just want to know how this ends, you and me alone here. What chance do we got? Johnny's eyes widened. What are you talking about? Look, kid. We don't know where we are. Maybe we're close by home and maybe they're looking for us right now. And maybe a chopper will fly overhead in the next five minutes, maybe. Maybe. Dalton scratched the side of his face, stretching his mouth. But maybe nobody else knows what happened to us. Maybe we're stuck somewhere and they can't get to us. Maybe we got other problems. Johnny just looked at Dalton. He still felt a little feverish. He understood everything Dalton was saying, but it sounded like it was coming from far away. We might be here a while, said Dalton. That's all I'm saying. We got to prepare for that. And if we're going to prepare, then we have to know what we're up against. What we do, we have to watch out for, you know? Dalton tapped himself on the chest. Me? That's murder. Other people. That's what I got to watch out for. Johnny shook his head and made like he was going to get up. Dalton stopped him. I'm not talking about you, kid. You're sick and I can take you in a fair fight anyway. He patted the stock of the rifle. And I got the gun right now, so I'm not scared of you. We got no reason to kill each other. But if you're going to go down homicide too, then maybe we'll get rid of the knives and the gun. Throw them in the ocean or something. Dalton raised his eyebrows and looked down at Johnny. It's like the two of us are here, and if we can keep from killing each other, then we'll be okay. As long as we're alone and as long as we both stick together, nothing can happen to us. Suddenly, his voice softened and dropped. We got water and food now, but that's not going to last. Not the food, anyway. If nobody comes for us, we're going to start getting desperate, and I just as soon not have any weapons around when it happens. Dalton looked down at his hands. You see what I'm getting at here? We got to know these things so we can do what we have to do before we get to the point when we start thinking crazy things about each other. Dalton paused for a minute. So how do you die? Johnny breathed in deep. You didn't find any food? Dalton shook his head. What about those snakes or birds? We gotta catch them, said Dalton. And even then, he shrugged, not much meat on a snake. I didn't even see any fish out there. Maybe there'll be some that come by later, but who knows? And you don't think they're coming for us? Dalton pressed his lips together. I hope they are, he said. But there are a lot of islands out here, and we're not exactly in friendly territory. His voice trailed off. Johnny just nodded and sighed. All right, then. He raised his eyes to Dalton's. He could feel the sweat breaking out on his forehead and his upper lip. I'm supposed to starve to death. Dalton didn't look surprised, he just looked angry. God damn it, he shouted. He stood up and walked a few paces around the camp, and then he seemed to calm down a little. He went over to the pack and tossed Johnny an MRE. Eat something anyway. Johnny shook his head. What's the point? Can't you see what's happening? We're done for it here. They're not gonna come and we're not gonna find any food. I don't know, maybe you make it out okay, but I'm gonna die here for sure. Dalton sat down, tipping his head back. He looked at Johnny through his knees, his hands dangling clasped above his feet. Eat it, he said. If you're right, at least you'll live another day. But you might be wrong. Either way, you might as well eat while you can. Johnny opened the MRE and took a bite. He hadn't realized how hungry he was. Now that he had food in his hands, it was hard to convince himself to eat slowly. In between bites, he glanced at Dalton. You're not having one? Dalton shook his head. I ate earlier. On the morning of the third day, Johnny felt almost better. When he awoke, he was still sore and hungry, but the fever was gone. The back of his neck was cold and slick. His arms and legs ached with tension. The muddy places where his buttocks rested against the earth were wet. Looking down at his body, he saw a spider with long, spindly legs climbing up his trousers. Johnny brushed it away and sat up. Thirsty? asked a voice. Johnny jumped. Dalton, of course. He was holding out the canteen. Johnny took it. You back already? It's almost noon, said Dalton. He was sitting on his haunches again, watching Johnny like a mother hawk over her chicks. He must have been waiting there a while. You want anything to eat? Johnny squeezed his eyes shut and stretched his arms and legs. Better not, he said. There's only two left, right? Three. Johnny did the math in his head again. They'd both eaten two so far, so there should only be two left. "'You didn't eat yesterday?' asked Johnny. "'Dalton smiled and shook his head. "'You have one, then,' said Johnny. "'I can have one tomorrow.' "'What's the point of that?' asked Dalton. "'I'm not planning on starving to death, no matter how little I eat, "'but you need some food if you're going to get better. "'We'll split one.' "'In a few minutes they were eating. "'After a while Johnny sat up higher and looked around the little camp "'that Dalton had built over the past two days. "'There was a place cleared for the fire with a bit of wood drying nearby.' Dalton's blanket was hung across a couple of wires stretched between the trees, a tent or a water collector maybe, and that was it. That was the whole camp. "'Where's the rifle?' asked Johnny. Dalton licked his fingers, trying to suck the last bit of grease off of them. "'Ditched it,' he said. "'Threw it in the ocean like I said.' He leveled a finger at Johnny. "'I want to ditch the knives too, both of ours.' Johnny shook his head. "'We're going to need them.' "'You should have kept the gun too.' What if there's an animal we could've shot? Or what if somebody shows up? We're running out of food already, said Dalton. It's like I told you before. Things are gonna get desperate and who knows what we'll do then. We just gotta keep from killing each other and maybe we'll be okay. Just get rid of the weapons and we'll be fine. You'll be fine, said Johnny darkly. I'm still gonna starve to death. We don't know that. We don't know what's gonna happen. Forget it, said Johnny. I'm keeping my knife. You said yourself that you could take me in a fair fight. I'm sick and I'm not as strong as you. If we get rid of the knives, then I got nothing. This is all I got." Dalton suddenly stood up, gripping his scalp in his hands. "'Don't you get it?' he said. He was kicking the dirt around like a mad bull. "'I can't kill you. I can't do anything to you at all. I'm bigger and I'm stronger and I'm healthier, but none of that means anything. Even if I still had the gun, it wouldn't make a difference. If I come at you, I'm the only one who's got a chance of getting killed. I'd have to be an idiot to risk it.' "'You thought about it?' "'What?' "'You thought about coming at me?' asked Johnny. "'Damn it, kid, I thought about everything.' Dalton looked at Johnny. His face was harsh. "'I thought about every possible way to get us both out of here alive, "'or one of us, or neither of us. "'I'm trying to figure this thing out. "'I'm trying to think up a plan where neither of us gets hurt. "'So yeah, I thought about jumping you while you were lying there passed out, "'but what good would it do? "'What would be the point? "'I'd just be risking my neck for nothing.' We gotta do this together. It's the only way, and I know I can get us through it. But we gotta get rid of those knives to do it. Forget it, Johnny's voice was loud. He had taken his knife out and was holding it now, squeezing the handle tightly. If we ditch the knives, then there's even less hope we'll ever eat again. And damn it, Dalton, even if you can't kill me, there's other things you can do. Seeing the knife out, Dalton drew his too. There's no point dragging this out then, is there? Why not just do it now if you're so sure how it all ends? That's what I thought, said Johnny. You keep pretending that you don't think I'm gonna kill you. You keep pretending you're not afraid of me. But now what? You trust me so much that you wanna fight me when I'm sick? Johnny lurched forward, half rising. The blood rushed to his head and he almost fell over, but he regained his balance. You wanna come at me? He waved his knife at Dalton. You wanna come at me, then come. Dalton looked from his knife to Johnny's. He clenched his fist and let out a howl. Then he turned and stalked into the jungle, slashing at vines and branches as he went. He didn't come back at all that day. Johnny hardly slept at all that night, but he dozed off a little towards dawn. Still sick and weak, he couldn't force himself to keep watch any longer. When he woke, Dalton was sitting calmly on a log at the edge of the camp. He held up his hands to show they were empty. You were asleep a long time, said Dalton. If I'd wanted to do anything, I could have done it easily enough. Johnny nodded, rolling over. Where's your knife? Dalton jerked his head over his shoulder. See it? It was sticking out of a nearby tree. Can I bring you some water now? A few minutes later, the two men were facing one another a couple of yards apart. Johnny still kept his knife, but he had sheathed it. They were talking almost easily again. I found a spring yesterday, said Dalton. It was down in a cave, practically underground. I wasn't going to tell you about it. He paused a minute, then cleared his throat. His jaw was tight when he spoke again. It's like I said, though. We do this together or not at all. Johnny sneered. Yeah. Look, the way I see it, this can still turn out a few different ways. I could have left you here and taken the food in the canteen and not told you about the spring. Then I could have let you chase me all over the island. As long as you never caught up to me, I'd be safe. And eventually you'd starve. Johnny snorted and looked away. Is that supposed to scare me? he asked. I'd get you sleeping or something. You're missing the point, kid. I don't want to do it that way. I don't want to be sitting here trying to think up ways to get rid of you. I want to get us both out. And if I didn't have homicide on my ticket, we wouldn't be at each other's throats like this. It's just because we think we already know how it's going to work out. But maybe we're wrong. Maybe that's the point I'm trying to get at. Maybe we're wrong. There's more than one way to look at this yet. It doesn't have to be us fighting until you kill me and then you starve to death by yourself so forget about that machine and those damned predictions, and we'll just work this out our own way. Johnny shuddered and closed his eyes. When he opened them, Dalton was holding out his hand. Come on, kid, what do you say? Let's be friends still. We got a chance to get out of this alive, both of us. Let's not give up yet. Johnny sighed and then nodded. He reached up to take Dalton's hand. They shook. You found a spring then? Yeah, said Dalton. If you're strong enough to walk... You can wash off some of that muck. It had been days since Johnny had been on his feet, and after five minutes of walking, he could feel it. The jungle was still sticky and hot, and the roots kept tripping him. Dalton led the way, breaking off branches and clearing a path, but Johnny still recoiled from every leaf and every spider web that brushed against him. His nerves all felt like they were twice as sensitive as usual. You okay back there? asked Dalton. He didn't turn around. Johnny only grunted. Johnny lost track of time. It could have been an hour or two hours. It could have been 20 minutes. All he knew was that he was taking step after step, his hands moving from tree trunks to vines, trying to steady himself. He hated those palm trees. He'd only ever seen them on TV and movies before he shipped out. They had them in Hollywood and Miami, in glamorous places like that. But looking at them up close, they didn't even look like real trees. They just reminded him that he was going to die thousands of miles from home where everything was different. There were moments when he would have given up his right arm for an oak or a maple and an ugly little squirrel. Everybody had to die someday, he knew, but why did it have to happen in a place you hated? Dalton paused and pointed into the jungle. Fruit tree, he said. I don't think they're ripe yet, but it's something. Dalton grinned. It was the first time he had looked at Johnny since they started walking. So don't give up hope yet, kid. They pushed on a little while longer and then Dalton stopped at the lip of a small cliff. It led down into a dark chasm about fifteen feet deep. Johnny could only see that the walls were steep and that it was dark under the canopy and rock below. How you feeling? asked Dalton. He didn't even wait for an answer. It's down there, down at the bottom. That's how I missed it the first time. Johnny leaned forward, his hands on his knees. He didn't hear any water, but it had to be there. He was exhausted. If he was ever going to make it back to camp, he needed a rest and a drink, and food. Give me a minute, he said. He didn't even want to think about how he was supposed to get down to the spring. Dalton should never have brought him. He should never have come. I'll give you a hand, said Dalton, pressing his palm against Johnny's back. Wait, said Johnny. Dalton's hand pushed against him. He took a stumbling step forwards. Wait. The pressure grew more insistent and Johnny felt himself tipping. He took another stumbling step. The edge of the chasm opened wide before him, stony and dark. Johnny's feet sank into the thick carpets of moss. Sorry, kid, said Dalton and suddenly Johnny was moving faster than he thought possible. The ground and the trunks of palms rushed by him, spinning into each other as his feet dragged and scuffed and then lifted entirely into the air, and for one breathless moment Johnny was touching nothing. He had no connection to anything except Dalton's hand, clutching his shirt, and then that too was gone and Johnny tumbled lightheaded through the cushion of air. His arm brushed something rough and the skin split wide open. He tried to push away but it kept coming at him, pinning his shoulder tight until a stabbing pain sliced through his body. Just when he thought his shoulder must snap, His leg struck hard against something and he sprung free, spinning through the air again before coming down hard once more on his leg. Something happened in Johnny's ankle and a rush of black swallowed up his eyeballs in a single gulp and left him tingling for a moment. When Johnny opened his eyes again, there were hands on his body. He thought it must have been three or four pairs, but only Dalton was there. He was stepping back, away from Johnny's body, a knife in his hand. Dalton was sweating hard. Johnny tried to move, but his ankle flared into a throbbing ball of pain. There were brands burning all over his body, sharp points of fire on every muscle and bone. Come on, kid, said Dalton. Listen to me, kid. Did you hit your head? He was looking down over Johnny, his hand searching his face and head. Come on, you'll be okay. Johnny didn't say anything. His mouth was full of blood and rocks, sharp, hollow pebbles biting into his gums. Johnny spit out the blood and the pebbles. Teeth, he knew. Even then he knew. He breathed through his nose. That smelled like blood, too. I'm sorry, said Dalton. I'm sorry I had to do it, but I couldn't let you have that knife. I was going to take it when you were sleeping, but it was too risky. You could have just woken up and stabbed me. You could have just been pretending to sleep. So I had to. I had to. You understand that. I had to do it like this. I knew it wouldn't kill you, so I had to. Dalton looked down at the knife in his hand. He shook his head and suddenly flung it away, up over the rim of the chasm. It's gone now, he said. It's just you and me now. Just us. And we're gonna make it, just like I told you. Dalton crouched down, lowering his face next to Johnny's. You trust me, that's all. I'm gonna look out for you. I'm gonna look out for both of us. I'll be back with food and water every day, I promise. I promise I'll be back. I know I can do this. Dalton stood again. You were shutting down, he said. You gave up. You can't do that. I learned that here. Even though you think you're gonna die every minute, you just keep going. You just keep doing whatever you can to beat that. And this is what I had to do. And now we'll be okay. You'll see, trust me, kid. I know I'm not gonna die here. I know I'm gonna die an old man murdered warm in my bed. And you too, kid, both of us. We'll both be so old we won't even know what happened. And then Dalton was gone again, climbing up the rim of the chasm. Johnny lay there at the bottom alone. Time passed, a lot of time passed. Dalton came now and then, Or at least Johnny was aware of him now and then. He brought helmets full of water and left them for Johnny. Warm, gritty water. There was no spring in the chasm, of course. That had been a lie, like all of it. Holding the helmet in his good hand, Johnny lapped at it. When the fever was on, the water seemed to be full of crawling and swimming things, tiny snakes and tiny fish. But Johnny drank it anyway, and the snakes and fish wriggled around inside his belly. They wriggled through his intestines and down his leg, down into his swollen ankle. It was broken, maybe infected, but it always hurt and Johnny couldn't put any weight on it. His wrist was better at least. It was just stiff and sore. Johnny could squirm his way from place to place at the foot of the cliff. He could squirm up to the wall and lean against it. He could squirm over to where Dalton left the water. He could squirm to the corner if he needed to relieve himself. But he was stuck down there. There was no way he could make his way back up. Sometimes Johnny was able to fall asleep just before dawn. He would wake a few hours later, the fever gone for a little while. It was then that he felt hungry. The hunger built inside him, day by day, brick by brick. First it was emptiness, and then it was a nauseated feeling. Johnny heaved now whenever he awoke to the hunger. It was the hunger that was going to kill him, and he didn't want to die. So he woke and he heaved, and nothing came up save some sour juice and a panic that threatened to swallow him. Every now and then, Dalton brought something to eat. A piece of fruit, a little bit of fish, some grubs. They were in a jungle, for God's sake. There should have been food hanging from every tree, washing up on every shore. But day after day, Dalton brought only leaves to chew. He was eating plenty, there was no doubt of that. Johnny never could have kept up such activity on the scant food he was getting. No, Dalton was eating everything and only bringing him the scraps he couldn't finish. It should have been the other way around. It should have been Dalton lying in that hole with leaves to chew and Johnny filling out his belly from the jungle. Dalton wasn't going to starve. Johnny tried telling Dalton this once. You were right, said Johnny. He could barely mumble the words. You were right, you're not going to starve and I'm not going to get stabbed. Johnny's fingers clutched Dalton's sleeve weakly. I'll give you my knife for the food. You take my knife and give me the food. You won't starve to death and I won't get stabbed. Dalton unhooked Johnny's fingers from his arm. There is no knife, he said calmly. Now listen to me. No one's coming for us. They would have been here by now. I need to swim to one of the other islands and see if I can find anybody. Dalton set down the helmet, folded the brim with water. I'll be gone a couple of days at least, so careful of the water. Until I get back, that's all there is. Dalton stood and reached up to climb the cliff wall. And I will be back, he said. Don't think I won't be. More time passed. Johnny lapped at the water in the helmet. The hollowness in his stomach grew and sharpened and then dulled again. He didn't heave anymore when he awoke. The hunger was too familiar. How long had it been since he had eaten? Johnny didn't know. He didn't even know how many days he had been in that hole. He moved his good hand over his body, feeling his arms and legs and ribs and face. He wanted to feel how much flesh had wasted away, how thin he was. He didn't feel like a skeleton yet. There were still some meaty parts on his body. He had seen pictures of people with nothing but skin and bones, so he still had time. Of course he did. Hadn't he read that it takes a month to starve to death as long as you have water? But he didn't have much water. Not anymore. More time passed. Nobody came. Had Dalton left him there? Had Dalton been killed or captured? Or was he just sitting up above the rim of the chasm, waiting for Johnny to finally starve to death? Johnny licked a wet rock experimentally. Was that how he was going to live? Was he going to spend a month licking rocks while he slowly deteriorated into a bag of sticks? Johnny's ankle and wrist hardly hurt anymore. He couldn't feel anything beyond the ravenous tumult in his stomach. Dalton had done this. Dalton had killed him, had tortured him to death. How long had he been gone? Two days? Three days? If he were coming back, he should be back soon. Johnny lifted his good leg slowly. Inch by inch, he raised his knee to his chin and curled his body so he could reach the boot. How long had he worn this boot? No doubt his toes were shriveled and black inside. Covered in mold, maybe. Infected, gangrenous. Dalton had done that to him, too. Slowly, Johnny picked at his bootlace. It took him ages to untie the knot and pull the lace out of one eyelet. He stopped and rested. His fingers were numb and they felt raw. Johnny pulled at the lace again. For hours, he worked at it, pulling it from eyelet to eyelet until finally it was free of the boot. He clenched his fingers. The lace was still strong, at least. It hadn't rotted. It would hold fast. He would pull it tight, like a noose, and it would hold fast. More time passed. It passed darkly, mostly in unconsciousness and fever. Johnny tried to get used to being dead. As he felt himself falling asleep, he breathed deep and let death smother him. He felt darkness, long and still, where no dream troubled him. These were deaths, he told himself. He had died, over and over again, thousands of times, all through his life. He was always dying, and it was nothing to be frightened of. The only difference was that he had woken up before. Soon he wouldn't wake up. That was fine. Death was fine. It just meant not waking up. Johnny clenched the bootlace tighter. He woke with a start. One more death over, one more life begun. But something had woken him. There was a scrambling and crumbling noise. Something landed near his head. Johnny, Johnny, yelled a voice. Come on, kid, wake up. There was a hand under Johnny's head. Water splashed his face and he opened his eyes. The voice called his name again johnny couldn't see who it was but the person had dalton's voice that was good enough for him water was flowing over his lips now and johnny swallowed reflexively he coughed weakly a head bent down near and johnny moved his good arm he aimed the loop in the bootlace for the head he tried to catch that throat in his lace he tried to pull it tight but he was too weak he couldn't do anything hey careful kid dalton lifted johnny's torso in his arms now johnny could hear other voices at the rim of the chasm Johnny tried again with the lace, but he couldn't see anything. He had wanted to kill Dalton so much, and he couldn't even do that. He couldn't even kill a man who was fated to be murdered. Don't worry, kid, said Dalton. He wasn't even paying attention to the bootlace. Probably didn't even realize what it was for. There's a little camp on the next island, and I got their medic here. I got food here. You're gonna be okay. They're gonna get us out of here. Dalton hugged Johnny's head in his arms. I'm sorry, kid. I'm sorry I did that to you. But I told you to trust me. I told you I could do it. I told you. Just keep doing everything you can. Oh, Christ. Dalton was almost crying now. I swear to God, I thought they were going to shoot me when I found them. Friendly fire after everything we've been through. But we made it, kid. We made it. A couple of months later, Sarge came to see Johnny in the hospital. His ankle was still mending, but he had finally moved back on to solid food, and his wrist was good enough to write a couple of letters back home. Dalton was right, after all. He was going to make it. He was going to survive. Johnny could hardly believe it. "'So what did they do to him?' asked Johnny. "'Court-martialed,' said Sarge. "'He'll be in jail a while. "'Then he'll get a dishonorable discharge.' Sarge smiled a little. "'They're not going to shoot him or anything. "'Too many extenuating circumstances. "'Nobody wants to be that harsh on a man "'who came back for his buddy in the end.' "'Johnny was quiet. "'Then he looked up at Sarge. "'I tried to kill him, too, you know.' "'When?' "'When he came back for me with the medic. "'I was crazy, I guess.' I tried to strangle him with my bootlace. Sarge laughed. Son, when he brought you back to me, you weren't fit to make a fist, let alone kill anybody. Johnny nodded. I tried anyway. He shut his eyes. It was the worst experience of my life. That hunger was the worst pain I've ever felt. Johnny shook his head. I never knew what it would be like. I never knew it would hurt so bad. Sarge patted Johnny's leg under the covers. It's over now, son. You'll be on your way back home before you know it. Johnny laughed a bitter laugh. Yeah, he said. What did Sarge care? As soon as Johnny was gone, he wouldn't be responsible for him anymore. He would feel fine. He'd gotten him out of the jungle alive and sent him to his folks. That was fine for Sarge. But Johnny hadn't been lying. Starving was worse than he had ever imagined it could be. And now, since he had lived, he would have to do it all over again someday. Thanks, Sarge, said Johnny, holding out his hand. What the hell? They might as well shake on it. For more stories about the Machine of Death, please visit our website, machineofdeath.net. This audio file is released under a Creative Commons Attribution non-commercial share-alike license. That means feel free to share it, send it around, or adapt it however you like, but please do not sell it. I'm Brian Swanson. Please visit my website, foxswan.com, and take a look at our calendar that we are making for charity, the Foxwan 2011 Comedy Calendar. Thanks for listening.